Hey, what's going on, Los Angeles? Welcome into another edition of the number one Ram show in Los Angeles. Self-proclaimed number one Ram show in Los Angeles. The Rams skinny here on the LA Football Network, live on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, whether you're on YouTube. Rams LAFB is our YouTube page. Check that out. If you're on the website, lafbnetwork.com, thank you for that. If you're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts and you've searched Rams Skinny, thank you for putting us in your headphones. And if you turn that dial to 1090 in your car, we certainly appreciate being a part of your commute home, commute to work if you work nights, whatever it may be. If you're in an Uber going out to dinner or a party, thanks for uh, tuning in. So excited to talk about uh, some breaking news with the Rams. As expected, the great DC Raheem Morris getting a head coaching job with the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get all into that. Talk about some potential DC replacements. Talk about what the staff could look like if Raheem Morris takes some with him. Plus, I'm sure we'll come up with some other stuff as we get going. But first and foremost, my co-host with the mostest, Mr. Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. Looking fresh as always. Little five o'clock shadow going on. Happy Friday, brother. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's good to be back, and uh, you know, it's nice to have some news to talk about. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not great news for the Rams, but uh, yeah. it's news regardless. I know we're so spoiled. Like we go a week without news, and it's like, oh, we got some news to talk about. Like, think if you're like, <laughs> I don't even know what team off the top of my head that just like they get nothing year round. It's just like a blank slate to talk about. So, but we're we're spoiled out here in LA, and spoiled that I get to do it with you. So, before I jump into it. Our friends at Underdog Fantasy are a big part of why we can do this show. Make sure to go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. When you go to make your first time deposit, use our promo code RAMSLAFB. That's all one word, RAMSLAFB. Gets you a welcome bonus up to 100 bucks. Put in 100 to get $100 free dollars to play with. Kind of fun. Uh, pick two to five players across any sport, any game. You're just choosing the over-unders. You know, if we're, if we're talking football, you're picking Brock Purdy over under passing yards over under touchdowns and uh, you can win up to 25 X your money even more than that if you're playing with the chili peppers as we like to say a little harder to win but hey you can win a lot more up to a hundred X basically so you know putting five five bucks you're, you can turn that into a pretty pretty purse if you do it right underdog fantasy promo code Rams LAFB tell them the guys at the Rams skinny sent you skinny T it's a weird feeling it's a, a somber day losing the great Raheem Morris, um, but it was expected. Me and you both were pretty adamant that he would get a job. It started looking a little bleaker with only three teams left, and it seemed like the Falcons were kind of in on Belichick, seemed like the Seahawks were kind of in on Dan Quinn, and it seemed like the Commanders were awaiting Ben Johnson from the Lions. So it was starting to seem a little off, but me and you both thought through this whole process that the Falcons were probably the number one best fit. The commanders were probably number two. That's kind of, if I remember right, what we were saying all along. And so extremely happy for Raheem. It's well-deserved. We'll get into reaction, fan reaction, player reactions, all that. Um, but what was your reaction first when it actually did break that he did officially get, you know, the head coaching gig? Yeah, I was, uh, you were actually the one that broke it to me. I was uh, busy doing something else and you told me that, uh, it, it had happened. So, I mean, my reaction was I'm incredibly happy for, for Raheem Morris to get another opportunity. It's been 15 years since he's been a uh, head coach in the league and, and just paying his, paying his dues and, and spending time just on staffs and, 
and you know really earning his way back in into the good graces of the nfl community and it's nice that he's going to a familiar place where they know him he knows them and yeah just uh just great news for him and uh you know it's you know it's always exciting when you when you want to replace somebody uh you know for the rams so um it's an exciting time for for on both sides so um yeah i'm uh, you know all the dominoes start falling you know that's uh, when the coaches when coaches start getting hired and, and and one of the interesting things i think is happening is there was kind of a uh, a trend to go get you know the the scheme lords, the the young geniuses uh, of the league, and now it's starting to go kind of go more back towards the CEO types with Harbaugh, mm-hmm. and 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 not that uh, Raheem is a, a CEO type, but he is much more. He's not he's not one of those uh, young geniuses, the the Brandon Staley's, the Arthur mm-hmm. Arthur Smiths, and you know that, that there's always a reaction when a when a team fires a guy, they kind of go the equal and opposite reaction to that, mm-hmm. you know so. Chargers go get Harbaugh, you know, and this is this is just another thing where it's uh they're they're looking for a guy that's going to steady the ship, um, and they're going defense this time, which is cool, you know. For for a long time, the NFL was going, you know, offensive play caller head coaches. Now, you know, a lot of defensive coordinators uh, getting the getting the nod. So, really interesting, really interesting trends uh, that this kind of signals towards. Yeah, it's you know, as you said, you know, he's his leadership qualities i think are what you know he good play caller obviously did a phenomenal job leading this rams defense and calling the defense this year overall but uh, i think what everyone talks about is his leadership qualities his his infectious character and integrity uh his gravitational pull as a lot of people ex- described his aura around the rams organization and so when you when you see that and you notice that that's someone you want leading your football team. And, you know, as long as he hires a good staff, uh, I think they'll be really good down there in Atlanta, um, which we'll get to, you know, here in a minute and kind of what that, that could potentially shape out like. Um, but yeah, extremely happy for him. Very happy. He went to Atlanta, not Seattle would have been a bummer to have to see him twice a year. Um, you hate when you see coaches or players leave and go to a division rival. So glad he's, you know, in the NFC still, but Hey, Atlanta, they're across the country. We can root for Atlanta. No problem with that. I know a bunch of guys that do Atlanta podcasts, so I'll make sure to reach out and try to have them get you on their show so you can break down Raheem Morris to their audience and, you know, oh, what, 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 what he'll do to their team. But, but yeah, um, I think he's going to be, he's going to be great and it's well-deserved and, you know, it's funny, a lot of people that didn't, and now I want to get your take on this skinny, a lot of people that didn't follow the Rams closely or didn't know Raheem Morris um, I believe we even had, you know, some chatter out here in LA that maybe weren't necessarily Rams fans, but just other fans of teams. And it was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know about that hire. Like he, he was a really bad first time head coach, yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. And it's a, the dude went 10 and six with Josh Freeman as his quarterback. And I know they kind of fell apart then after that. Um, but B like, it's weird that we still in this day and age, for some instances, it's like we have no memory, right? Like, what did you do for me yesterday? When we talk about players specifically, all of a sudden, you know, we see a quarterback that's been mediocre or bad his whole career, has one good year, one example being Geno Smith. All of a sudden, everyone's thinking Geno Smith is a top eight quarterback in football, comes back down to earth and it's like, okay, that's what he was. But so it's like players, everyone forgets, like, oh, no, they're different. But with coaches, like, well, he he failed eight years ago or whatever. And so, no, he won't be a good head coach now. And it's like, you know how much you learn 
and improve and grow and being in different systems. He was a head coach in Tampa, then went to Atlanta, and then he was in L.A., um, coaching under a bunch of different coaches in that time. And I think of someone else, this is off topic, but like Dan Quinn, everyone's like, oh, well, Dan Quinn, you know, failed as a head coach in Atlanta. It's like, well, yeah, and then you go learn and you improve and you get better. And so it's just funny how with players, the talk always forgets that a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times everyone's shielded by the, what are you doing right, right now? But with coaches, it's like that stigma lasts with them for so long. Like, what's your thoughts on that? No, it's, it's really interesting. And I, I think that the, 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 uh, coaches do learn things along the way. And I mean, especially as, as long back, as far back as you have to go to get to uh, the last time um, uh, Raheem Morris was a, was a head coach of a team. He coached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you got to even look situationally, you know, you think about, you know, Bill Belichick was a head coach before he was the Patriots head coach, mm-hmm. coached the the Cleveland Browns. What a yeah. terrible situation, <laughs> you know, yeah. And you think, you know, he lands Pete Carroll as well. Exactly. 100%. Um, So the the situation that uh, Morris was in when he was in Tampa Bay was not great. I mean, he was one incredibly young. He's 47 now. So, you know, he's in his early thirties. Is that, that sound right? Anyway. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then, you know, just the team construction and the way they, they kind of, they didn't do him any favors. That's for sure. Um, and you think about, you know, going back to Belichick who, interestingly enough, Raheem Morris beat out Bill Belichick for that job, which is just incredible to think about. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the right move. I, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, it's time for Bill Belichick to become a, a an analyst kind of like, uh, Roy Kent on uh, Ted Lasso or something like mm. that. Nice. <laughs> just kind of grunting and grunting and groaning and telling, telling <laughs> it like it is. Um, but, uh, great comparison, great comparison. Yeah, I think so. Um, proud of that one. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's situations it's, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm a man of 40 years old now. I've, I'm a completely different person than I was in my, uh, late twenties and early thirties, you know, I'm much more capable and you, your, your prefrontal cortex develops your, uh, your sense of who you, you are as a person changes over time. And, um, you know, so, you know, only time will tell. And, you know, think, you know, going back to Belichick again is what I'm saying. What, what I was saying was he goes and he gets the, the Patriots job. He's got a quarterback, uh, Tom Brady. They want to win a bunch of Super Bowls. Tom Brady leaves. That situation changes. Belichick looks like a genius for a good yeah. good chunk of that time. And then now he does. Now the shine's worn off again. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's just incredible how the the, the coin flips and. And and everything just changes, and um, you know, good coaches lose jobs, bad coaches win games. Mike McCarthy is—I'm Mike McCarthy's not a bad coach, but he took a team to the playoffs, and uh, you know, he's he's not one of the best coaches, in the, and he's doing just fine. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he has I, coordinators, yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Well, and the Eagles—that's a—that's an interesting uh, case there uh, where. He lost uh, uh, both of his coordinators. His, both of his coordinators are pointing in the right directions. They look like they're they got their teams going in a in a better place, and and the Eagles aren't. And now they're talking about hiring Vic Fangio there, which yeah, oh, oh boy. I know. I think that's. I think it's like done. Basically, like he he basically asked the Dolphins to like release him so he could go be closer to his family and sign with the Eagles. So. Well, it, um, it, 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 
reports out of uh, out of Miami are that none of the players were sad to see him go either. Yeah, I mean that's kind of been a a trend with with Vic Fangio is he um, certainly in today's modern football he doesn't seem to be uh, a very player centric coach uh, and that was there in Denver that was a big thing like players just didn't like him. Um, so, but anyway, uh, which is the exact opposite with Raheem Morris, right? Everyone loves him. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, yeah. And last thing on that, um, you know, I, I think of even like us, right? Like running LAFB, like I didn't know what the heck I was doing when we first started this and, you know, knew stuff about sports, but now we all of a sudden we figure out like trends and how to get like more people watching and reading and, and traffic and this and that and different sales tactics and something you've learned throughout time. So Raheem Morris certainly got his coaching destinations has learned a lot and it helps that he coached. I think it helped him a lot too, coaching under Sean McVay. I know McVay talked a lot about how much Raheem Morris meant to him, how much he meant to him specifically last year off the field, being that guiding force we talked about last episode. But I think it also helped Raheem like being under obviously winning a Super Bowl, but then being under the great Sean McVay, who's had one losing season his entire career and how he operated ways, how he ran practices, what the scheduling like was players, how he connected with players, how he led his coaching staff. And so those are all things you got to learn. And I think he has, and that's why he he got the second shot and nothing but uh happy for him. Obviously bummed to see him go, which we'll talk about replacements here in a minute. But before we talk about Rams replacements, how many and who of Rams assistance do you think will go with Raheem? Cause you got to think he'll take at least one or two, but how many do you think he will do? You know, I'm thinking probably just one. I think he's going to snag somebody off the offense. Zach Taylor's probably the one um, that that's the, that's the name on everybody's lips right now. Anyway, um, you know, and Nick Kaley as well, I think it might, might be a candidate as well. Um, but uh yeah, I think that's the only guy. I mean, he didn't really. I don't think he brought in any any of his his guys. Maybe you know Jimmy Lake might be his uh, DC. Uh, perhaps he, he they mm-hmm. they go way back, and uh, um, it seemed like he was he was kind of the the Morris guy that he brought in to not only help the Rams out but re- rehabilitate uh, Jimmy Lake's career. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm torn. I definitely see, uh, yeah, Zach Taylor, one of the offensive guys going with the BOC. Seems like um, reports were yesterday that Taylor was the favorite, quote unquote, per sources. Um, so I would not be shocked there at all. And I think obviously that makes sense. And it, and it gives, you know, Zach Taylor a, a nice promotion and, and he goes with a familiar face that he knows how operates that they're going to operate as opposed to going to New England or a coach that he doesn't know very well. Defensively, it's like, which we're going to get to Rams DCs. I just, I still think because McVay's done this, I think he's going to go outside the building for his DC. And so it wouldn't shock me then if Raheem brings a guy like Aubrey Pleasant or one of these other guys to be his DC, because they wouldn't be getting that promotion here in LA. Now there's still a shot that, and you mentioned Jimmy Lake would be a very obvious one as well. So if, McVay doesn't promote them. I could see, and it, I don't know what the timeline is going to look like, who would go first, but I'm sure they'll have a conversation like, Hey, I don't want to, you know, usually when these coaches leave, they're not trying to deplete the team they came from and just take everyone with them. Um, but you usually take a couple just to help you establish that culture. So I wouldn't be shocked if he does take one off defensive guy to be his DC. Um, just cause then he'll be, you know, he wants someone that knows how to run his defense that he's run for three years, but allow him to still kind of, oversee 
the entire um, head coaching operation. I think back to when Brandon Staley left the Rams to the Chargers, and you can remind me. I'm trying to think. He the only one he took with him, I believe. So correct me if I'm wrong. Was was Joe Barry, and then Joe Barry ended up going with them, but before being there a week. Green Bay offered him their DC that had play calling duties, which Brandon Staley was was going to keep play calling duties. So then he left because it was like a pseudo promotion. Um, but he took a Rams defensive coach to be his DC. Was there anyone else? I don't think there was anyone else that Staley took. Do you remember? I, not my memory it doesn't. Uh, I, I don't. I can't remember if anybody else went. Uh, yeah, I think it was just Barry. Yeah, which is. I think he tried to bring O'Connell, but McVeigh blocked him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think he, but I don't think he took anyone else. So anyway, that being said, I, I think Raheem, I think he'll bring one defensive guy just to be his DC. Yeah. Who that, that, is. that sounds about right. Let, let me ask you this question. So I've been thinking a lot about Matt, uh, Mike LaFleur and his, mm-hmm. his desires, his, his career path. Does he want to become a offensive play caller once again? Cause McVay is the play caller of the offense. Yeah. Would, would McVay block that if uh, Raheem wanted to take LaFleur? Hmm. That's a good question. Cause, Cause if he did, move. yeah. Yeah. And if he did, like we think we it was three years ago, but if he did block the chargers from taking O'Connell, um, you would think he would do the same with LaFleur. But yeah, I don't know. But he hasn't done stuff like that. His brother, Matt LaFleur, he didn't block. He let him go to Tennessee yep. to call plays and then become a head coach. So, I, you know, I, I think, okay, let me say it like this. I think he would allow it because that would ensure, or that would, yeah, probably ensure that then he keeps Zach Taylor and makes Zach Taylor the OC. Yeah. But again, does he promote within? He, I don't know if he would do that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, interesting, uh, uh, McVeigh note, this is his fifth coach that will uh, become a head coach. One of, one of his coordinators becoming, becoming a head coach. Seven, seven years, five head coaches uh, out of that tree, which is just incredible. Just another testament to this uh, organization. So off the top of your um, head, I'm trying to think. So the five coaches you got, it was, it was Raheem Morris. You got uh, Zach Taylor and uh, have we been saying Zach Taylor the whole time? And it's Zach Robinson with the Rams still. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have. There's too many. Too, but okay, Zach Taylor in uh, Cincinnati. The Bengals, Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Mike then, uh, Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. Staley. Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. And then it would have been Staley. So yeah, there's the yeah. five. Crazy. Yeah, and yeah. there's probably more. And, and how many coordinators around too? I mean, you got a lot of court Shane Waldron uh coordinator. You got, you know, there's there's a bunch we could probably go down the list, but we don't need to right now. But Joe uh, Evero, Thomas Brown. Yeah, Thomas Brown, Evero, yeah. So okay, well that's a pr- perfect transition then. So looking at Rams replacements, I'll ask you first straight up. Do you think they go in house or do you think they go out of house? The tail of the tape has always been out of house. So I'm just going to bet that they're going to continue with that, uh, that tendency. Yes. Um, what about you? Yeah. yeah. Same, same for you. I agree. I think out of house. Um, we've talked about it a bunch. I don't want to keep hammering it down, but it just seems like that's, they instill this 
organizational culture, but they want to bring in different thought processes into the coordinators and then allow their position coaches to continue grooming and learning and learning different systems or whatever that allows them to go on and, you know, be successful. So you're not just stuck in like one box, if you will, in a system. Like, I think that's why comparing to some, that's why the Patriots potentially all their, the Belichick tree has been so unsuccessful. One, I think part of its personality, they just try to recreate the Patriot way everywhere and it just doesn't work um, unless you have, you know, Tom Brady, <laughs> but B, I think it's because they've, it's, it's this one for two decades system. And if there's any stuff that gets thrown at them, they can't change out of that system. And where I think the Rams have been so good because they've had this turnover, but they keep having these different thoughts, different, you know, changes, and they're not just stuck in one way. Um, so anyway, long way of saying, yes, I think they go out of, out of house. So with that being said, who are some candidates you like out of house to take over the DC? Job? Well, Actually, my my top two are in-house, out-of-house uh, uh, figures. So top one, my my number one is, we're going we're gonna to go in the wrong direction. We're gonna, my number one is going to be bring back Brandon Staley. He mm-hmm. had the number one, uh, he, the Rams defense was the best ever under him. Number one in yards, number one in points scored. Um, 2020, uh, he just comes in. And and he he takes Wade's, Wade Phillips's defense basically and elevates it. They bring in they bring in Leonard Floyd who has ten and a half sacks that year. But other than that, you know, you know, bring in Jordan Fuller in the draft. That, you know, they just elevated that. Def- he just elevated the defense into the best that they've ever seen. And I think you know, talking about rehabil- rehabilitating careers. Brandon Staley needs he needs a soft landing spot. He needs a place to go where he can le- learn how to be a head coach because uh, it didn't mm-hmm. didn't work out. Didn't work out in uh, for the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, um, which we've talked about a bunch on the network, not on the show, but you know, in our Chargers coverage. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the guy is still a, a good, great defensive mind. It didn't work out, and it was what was interesting is one of the biggest issues with the chargers was the defense. So that was the one I think in a lot of fans are maybe a little um, nervous about the thought of bringing him back because, you know, he had the one year of greatness, but the chargers defense, even with the talent they had, they were never a, not just a top defense. They were never like, they were always a bottom defense. And, you know, a lot of that I've talked about on shows, a lot of that I think was more so execution, but also I think it was kind of what we just talked about. It was that, that way of thinking and there was no challenge in terms of changing that way of thinking. But when he's a DC, I think that's different because he can have that way of thinking, but then McVay is still the one that can override that and change things and, and force, you know, they're not, they're not having group think because they have these different ideals and ideologies that I think could work. So I would be all for bringing Brandon Staley back. I, you know, I, I really liked Brandon Staley. I still liked him as a chargers coach. I, it was time definitely to move on. And obviously the chargers upgraded with Harbaugh, but I think coming back as a DC and kind of, if the Rams want to turn into the Alabama of the pros of just, you know, the rehabilitation center for, for failed coaches, but they're, that are very talented and, and still bright. Um, so be it. And, you know, I think the team would welcome him back. I think the players that did play with them, which, we're now looking at only a couple, what Fuller, like you mentioned, Aaron Donald, and that might be it. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. Yeah, that uh, might be yeah, it. Was well, Ernest Jones? John, Ernest Jones was oh, there. He, he was drafted in 21. John Johnson yeah. is a free agent, but they I don't know. They might bring him back. Unlikely, but 
safety is a yeah. weird position for the Rams. Well, it, the last thing I'll say quickly on, and then so you can think about it, your next candidate that you like, and then I'll throw some out. But the interesting thing, we talked about this off air. We may have even brought it up a little bit on an episode. I can't remember, but there was conversation, not saying sources or anything, but there was some conversation and stuff about, excuse me, when Staley was brought in by the Chargers, that the Chargers wanted to kind of create a Rams organizational structure or try to emulate, you know, the success by doing things the way the Rams did things. I don't know how factual that is, but there's conversations that that was kind of why and why they brought Brandon Staley as the head coach, but also was kind of the selling point from Brandon Staley about how to kind of build success because of everything he learned under McVay and the Rams. And then the conversations progress. And I'm just saying this is from what I've heard and me and you have talked about it. You, you have a pretty that, good source behind that. That, yeah, that even though that was said, it was never backed up or carried out. So Brandon Staley was not able to get the players that he wanted in free agency or the draft that he felt fit his system. There may have been some pushback on certain coaching hires, positional hires, um, and whatnot, you know, in that year one, and we're, we're getting a little off topic, but I'm, I'll, don't worry, I'll bring it, I'll bring it full circle here in that year one, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Lombardi, who I still think was, was probably hated more than, than deserved, but he was, I believe his third or fourth choice of OC. So it wasn't even his first choice as the OC. Obviously Kevin O'Connell, I think was one and the Rams blocked that, but then I think he had one or two others even before, um, and you got to learn to adapt. So I'm not making that as an excuse, but just all of this being said that Staley is seen as this failed experiment by the chargers and any Rams fans that fear him coming back as the DC, a big part of why he failed is potentially that he did not have the true support backing and resources that he was kind of promised. And so wasn't able to carry out his vision. Whereas if he came back to the Rams after what we saw in 2020 and after what we know of Sean McVay and Les Snead, he will certainly have his voice heard in, in the draft room, his voice heard in free agency of who he wants. His vision of the defense will be put to action instead of just being, you know, words on a, on a whiteboard and then nothing actually comes of it. And the GM who was Tom Telesco down there makes his own decision, not f- listens to what, Staley wants and we've seen the videos of like the Rams draft room right when when they want someone that's all them collaborating and Raheem can say I want this guy unless it's like all right let's go get him let's make it happen it's like a a very like who do you want and let me build that roster for you and so long-winded answer of saying I think Staley can be successful here again because the way the Rams run thing he'll have full support yeah and you know my hope is that uh, Staley's influence would um uh, change McVeigh's outlook on for going for it on fourth down just a little bit. Ooh, there you go. That's a good point. We need to get it <laughs> maybe more that would, Maybe maybe that that would uh, translate a bit for uh, for Staley. So my second choice is again uh, in inside outside guy. Bring back a Jiro Evero. That's yep. that's my number two. Um, you know, since he's left, he hasn't been he hasn't had the opportunity to work for really good coaches. Yeah, uh, he was under. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett in, uh, in in Denver, and that and then uh, Frank Reich, who you know 
that's an interesting story in and of itself. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, didn't didn't pan out, didn't pan out there in uh, in in Carolina. So yeah, I think that 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 would be kind of a a nice ho- homecoming, and and he's obviously a, a incredibly talented guy. So I think that's great. It would be a yeah, great hire. I, I love that one, and he might actually be my my first choice. Um, but I don't know. Brandon said that might be my first. I don't know. I, I have a lot of, I think I'm, I'd be content with a lot of options, but yeah, Evero is great. Um, you know, obviously went over to Denver as the DC and did a very good job in Denver. Um, and then in Carolina, a little bit of a setback year, I would say in terms of just defensive production. Um, again, I don't think that's all on him. I think it's, as we talk about Staley, there's a lot of other factors when you're DC resources, you know, who your head coach is obviously then having an interim head coach, um, and whatnot. So what, what hurts him that I'm a, as of today, he technically is still, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he can still be blocked by Carolina, even though they hired Canales as their head coach. Canales is going to decide who he wants to keep or if he's going to release the whole staff. So I believe as of now, he's technically still a, a Panthers employee. So he, the Rams would even he, he get approved. He's been blocked already from other interviews. So yeah, yeah, he's been blocked already. And it was most of those probably early blocks, similar to what the Chargers did with Kellen Moore, was waiting till the head coach was hired to then have the head coach decide, am I keeping him or am I going elsewhere? So so if Canales wants um, Evero as his DC, then that's that. Rams won't have a choice. If he decides to release the staff, release him, then I think the Rams absolutely should at least bring him back for you know an interview and a a, a talk. So um, the other things I've heard, and this I don't think would affect the Rams considering he was with the Rams forever, but he's kind of... Um, and this isn't necessarily a report, so I don't want to put any like false information out there, but, but there's, I've heard some things that he, he's very like loyal to certain coaches and that's almost like hurt him in ways. Like he was very loyal to Nathaniel Hackett. And so that kind of burned some bridges when he got fired, he came out and said some things and, and did this. And I don't think that would affect the Rams at all because he was, the Rams know him. He was in the Rams organization. Um, there was always good stuff there. So, but just another thought there that I heard. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's interesting, you know. That's uh I haven't heard that yet before, so um I don't know why he would be uh loyal to anybody in Carolina at this point. It's not like no. <laughs> anybody's left, but you know, I understand and I, you know, th- the situation there is from the ownership. I that's not a a place that I would want to work. So, I mean, it's no. a much much nicer place in LA, I would imagine <laughs> from ownership yeah. and GM and, but you know, uh, you know, he's, he's captain of his own ship. So let's, uh, yeah. You know, you know, sometimes there's that, and I'm not saying with him, but sometimes there's that pride that you want to like prove yourself away from where you've been oh. successful. And so like, and this isn't any, I'm not saying him at all, but you know, sometimes in there's that mindset, right? Like, McVeigh has always had the success. A lot of people will, even when you leave McVeigh, it's like you got the job because of McVeigh. And so then maybe there's that thought of like, I want to establish myself that I am a really, really good defensive coordinator um, without that. But I think it'd be a home run if he, if he comes back to LA, I think it'd make a lot of sense. So who you got is number three. Um, th- This one is outside, outside that that's my first one. And that's um, uh, Baltimore Ravens linebacker coach, Zach Orr. Um, okay. Just a great system uh, coming from that that uh, that place in uh, Baltimore, and um, I think that uh, you know 
if you want to inject new new ideas and other ideas, he's worked for you know Wink Wink Martin under Wink Martindale and now uh, Mike McDonald there. So you know, just kind of uh, new ideas coming into the building. That's kind of my uh, angle on that one. Um, you know, just obviously a fantastic system. Baltimore has been a defensive juggernaut for years and years, um, and you know, new ideas coming in. Yeah, I think that's a great one. Anything, any kind of coach you can get from the the Ravens organization, especially defensively, um, it's a I think a smart smart decision and something you you would absolutely want to look at. So um, I like that one a lot. The other one I'll throw out is um, Joe Witt down in Dallas, um, defensive backs coach. Uh, obviously, we saw you know we've seen Trevon Diggs, what he's kind of become, Deron Bland this year, what he became. Um, so I think Joe Witt's a great great position coach, um, coaching under Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn's one of the the better DCs in football and a great leader as well. And, um, Witt's been around the league for a long time. So he's a guy I could see potentially coming to LA, you know, it'd be a new start, a new way of thinking, new mind, kind of the model that we're going with. Um, but seems like it could be a good glue guy that would fit in, um, here with LA. And, you know, it might, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but a, a guy that, you know, might not garner head coaching attention as quick so maybe you can hang on to him a little longer than you know a one and done or a two and done kind of situation not that that's why you would hire a dc but someone that maybe they could they could keep here in the building for a little longer yeah and al al, al harris is also in that building i thought that was an interesting candidate for the position as well defensive backs coach former former safety as well um yeah i you know Dallas's defense is an interesting, interesting case study because I mean, Dan Quinn did such, so many amazing things there, um, mm-hmm. but also kind of fell apart at times. So, I mean, that's not it's not an indictment of either one of those candidates. Uh, all, yeah. all, all the all the candidates are going to have some flaws or come from, you know, even even Raheem Morris, you know, with the with this defense was twentieth ranked or something like that. So, um, but um, yeah, I think. Dallas Cowboys organization as well as a, is a good place to find a uh, good talent right now. Yeah. Are there any, um, I guess fired cause I mean, eight team turnover. Um, you know, there's a lot of actual coaches that were DCs just this last year that are pretty much are available. You know, obviously like we mentioned with Evero, like still hasn't been let go by the Panthers. There's probably others. I don't know about the, the Seahawks staff fully, um, but are there other DCs you like, like, a, I know different situation, but like a Wink Martindale or like some of these other former DCs just from this past season? Well, I would be interested in Ron Rivera. I don't know if Ron Rivera would be interested in uh, taking a DC position, but that's a fire yeah. guy. Uh, anybody, anybody else on your radar in that uh, kind of uh, realm? Yeah, you know, Ron Rivera would be interesting. Um, like you said, uh, his DC that he fired, Jack Del Rio, you know, has LA ties, went to USC. I'm not saying I, I like that that choice, but that's another one that's been a DC, been in the league for a long time. Um, as mentioned, an LA guy originally. Um, you know, I saw someone comment on one of our our Twitter posts today. Bill Belichick, if he doesn't get a job, come be DC. <laughs> Um, I'll just, I'll just say flat out that will absolutely not happen. Um, so Mike Vrabel, the whole kinda, reason, if, you're, if you want to talk about that as well, well, I was going to get to him. So, Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. Um, Belichick will not happen a, because you know, 
the, how long has he's coached the career he's had, he's not doing anything but being a head coach. He doesn't need to go reestablish himself as a DC. Um, and there's reports that the reason why it's cooled on him and why he didn't, for instance, get the Falcons job is because he wanted full control. Like he had in, in new England wanted a, so it was a power issue, um, there, which he's not going to go be a DC for. So, um, Mike Vable is an interesting one. Cause I don't think he needs to be a DC. He's definitely established himself. And I'm, I'm honestly shocked that he doesn't get, get a job this cycle. Um, I was still pretty surprised that they moved on from him in Tennessee. Um, but I don't see him. I mean, I could be way wrong on this, but I don't see him being the type of guy they would want to take a year to go do like TV and then get in the back into coaching like a Sean Payton. Like I just, feel like he is a coach for now he's still fairly young and and hasn't been a coach for that long so i i could see him being willing to go be a dc for one year and then getting back in the head coaching cycle next year i just can't see him sitting out a year from coaching i could be way off on that and it could certainly happen um but if he if he was just going to be a dc for one year what better place than to do it in la under under mcveigh and that would be a slam dunk hire no uh, yeah i love it uh, and he's such a he's such a fun culture guy. You know, you, you can com- compare him to like a Wink Martindale or something like that, or Vic Fangio. But you know, just you know, he's more in that vein of a of a Dan Campbell kind of a guy, real team team player. Really, you know, in the Raheem Morris uh, vein as well. Um, and yeah, anytime anytime you can kind of add uh, somebody with that kind of uh, real coaching experience. I think that's I think that's great. You know, and, and if, if you want to think internal, you know, I think you know I, I've already mentioned Jimmy Lake, so I think you know he would probably be the top internal candidate. Um, just mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there if, if they were going to go with anybody because he's he's not in he's he's you know not internal because he just joined in the staff this this last season and and yeah. just has a lot of relevant uh, coaching experience a la uh, Mike Vrabel. So that's why I bring him up now. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, and that's how we can end the show here. Um, we were, we were going to talk about uh, often or coach of the year and assistant coach of the year, but we ran out of time and just doing this, maybe we'll mention it really fast in the last like minute. So you can do this quickly so we can talk about that really quick. Um, of the in-house candidates and you basically answered it, but basically I think the top ones that people would think of would be Aubrey, uh, Aubrey Pleasant, Jimmy Lake, or Chris Beak. So of those three, the one with the best shot you think to be a DC would be Jimmy Lake. Yeah, I think he's probably the only one I would I would elevate at this point. Um, Aubrey Pleasant's great. Uh, there's just there's a there's a scene that stuck in my head where he was uh, it, it was on television the, the the Lions were playing and he was just yelling at one of his players. I, I can't remember the guy's name now. He was one of the he was one of their uh, top draft picks of several years seasons ago and he just never panned out can't think of his name unfortunately but he's just like going at going after him and i i get that coaches have to do that but it's just stuck in my head that <laughs> i don't like that i yeah. don't like that. <laughs> sole reason that's it uh um, yeah but no, I, <laughs> I would agree with you um you know i hope those guys are retained certainly um aubrey pleasant i think has been great for the secondary since he's been back and and what he did with this secondary unit overall i think is great but yeah, I think Jimmy Lake to me internally feels like the the best candidate to take over the DC because he does bring in that that differing 
thought process, right? Being with Washington for so long as their secondary coach, then their defensive coach, then their head coach, and and dealing with the Rams for one year. So it'll be interesting. And, you know, the time starts now. Um, I'm sure it'll be probably a couple weeks, but, you know, last year they moved kind of quietly making their coaching hires. You remember with Michael Fleur and some of the other guys that came in. So I'm sure it'll be like that, very similar. But, you know, by certainly by the combine, they'll be fully staffed uh, probably well before that too. So, and we'll have full coverage here on the Ram skinny of all of that. So let's get out of here with this. Just released yesterday, the NFL awards nominees. Coach of the year came out. We're only going to have time for this one probably. So coach of the year came out. You had Dan Campbell. You had John Harbaugh. You had Kyle Shanahan. You had D'Amico Ryans. And you had um, uh, Stefanski of Cleveland were the five. Let me just get your thoughts first. No McVay. Is that a snub? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's some good coaches on there. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's, uh, his offense is clipping. It's really good. Can't take anything away from him. Um, you know, uh, Dan Campbell, you know, obviously the, the turnaround, the, the story of, of the lions has just been, is it just, the narrative just writes itself. It's beautiful. It's, uh, you know, but you think about the other guys on there, you know, like Stefanski, you know, there were people in the media that were saying that the the Rams weren't going to win two games this year. <laughs> yeah. And he made them a playoff team. That's just, I mean, that's, that's the case right there. I, I don't, I, I can say it any other way, but you know, football is about winning games and he, 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 he won a bunch of games that he wasn't supposed to win. He outperformed, um, you know, and you think about, you know, Stefanski, you know, a bunch of different quarterbacks in there, but like, they set themselves up really poorly by by hiring uh, or bringing in um, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, just with all of his legal troubles, but also hadn't played football in a very long time. It's, you know, basically sat out, you know, two years from playing football. So, you know, they they made their bed. So those those are just kind of my cases that he should at least be in the contest of the top five. You know, yeah. Yeah, I think it's robbery. I mean, absolutely for everything you said, you know, when you go down the list, Dan Campbell deserving D'Amico Ryan's definitely deserving, you know, with a rookie quarterback, a team that had the second overall pick and brought them to the playoffs. Um, I think Stefanski is deserving um, just because four different quarterbacks in the same division as Baltimore and still, you know, only with five losses and made, made the playoffs um, with all that turnover and bringing a quarterback off the couch uh, to kind of lead them there. So for me, and I'm not saying John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan aren't deserving because those are the two; those are the two best fo- teams in football, and which is why they probably made it. I just look at those rosters that each have, and compared to the roster the Rams had, and all three of them made the playoffs, but the Rams coach was the one left off. Uh, that because it's a regular season award; they're not. It's not based on how far you go in the playoffs. It's when the season's right. over, and all three of those guys are in the playoffs, and the Rams. You know, John Harbaugh has the MVP in Lamar Jackson. Kyle Shanahan has a potential MVP in Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy, both nominated. He had two MVP candidates. John Harbaugh, phenomenal defense. Kyle Shanahan, phenomenal defense. Rams have a roster that was given two to five wins, and they win, you know, make the playoffs and end up winning t- uh, whatever it was, 10 games. So, games, um, yeah, robbery to me. I don't understand it at all. Uh, we don't got time. We're running out, but. Raheem Morris, 
also snubbed, not on the assistant awards. Guy's a head coach now, so clearly probably should have been. Um, and and so I don't understand that one either, but whatever. Well, I, I don't think the coaches really care that much, but I don't get it. John McVay for sure should have been a, a finalist. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah it's so, unfortunate. Yeah, but with that being said, that's all the time we got for here on the Rams Skinny. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Congrats to Coach Morris, head coach down in Atlanta. We'll have plenty more coverage on all of that here at the Rams Skinny and always at LA Football Network, lafbnetwork.com. For Skinny T, I'm Ryan Dyer. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk to you all again on Monday. Oh, <laughs>